Welcome to the Visma Ski Classics podcast, Usha Tulevi. Visma Ski Classics is the long-distance ski championships with 35 pro teams. In season 12, there are 14 races in 12 event locations, bringing pro team athletes and recreational skiers together. On this podcast series, we'll analyze the events on the Pro Tour and the Challenger Series, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. This podcast is sponsored by Salomon. Salomon is a French sports equipment manufacturing company based in the heart of the French Alps. Now Salomon brings to the market a more sustainable Nordic ski, S-Max E-Skin. This new S-Max E-Skin is more environmentally friendly since 45% of the ski core is made of recycled plastic bottles. This new Salomon S-Max E-Skin is the best option for active skiers who are looking for a performance and flexible free solution. Hello and Happy New Year to all Usha Tulevi uh, Visma Ski Classics podcast friends and fans out there. It is definitely a new season, a new year, and we are well into the season 12. We have two races behind us, actually four altogether, but two races this weekend. They're really a great Pustetal ski marathon that took place yesterday, 60-kilometer race, and of course the really heavy, challenging uh, climb that uh, these skiers had to do today at the um, Prato Piazza Mountain Challenge. And my guest today is uh, Oscar Kadin from Team Rack the Charts. I am your host, uh, Teemu Virtanen, and on this particular podcast, we are going to recap the, this weekend those two races that I just uh, mentioned. So good to ha have you on our show, uh, Oscar. I know that you're on your way to somewhere in Central uh, Europe after the race. Uh, where are you guys right now, exactly? <coughs> Uh, yeah, we are on our way to Livigno. I don't know where we are, but uh, we are on the highway. So I guess we will be in Livigno in some hours. Uh, so that'll be the place for you guys to uh, continue training. I, th I think Livigno is often a place that you guys go to for training. Yes, it is. It's a really nice place to be and uh, good conditions and high altitude and uh, good Italian food. Uh, indeed, and I know that you like a lot of candy because after yesterday's race, you mentioned that that's the way for you to recover is eat a lot of candy. You have a candy bar in your hand right now? <laughs> no, not right now. Uh, it's uh, empty, so I need to buy more. <laughs> indeed, you do. Uh, what about the, uh, the the break, the Christmas and, and New Year's? How how was that time period for you? Mm, for me, I was uh, struggling a little bit. I was uh, not feeling great after Russia, so I've been taking it really easy. And uh, I'm hoping that my shape will be better and better. So I'm not doing so much during Christmas. Just taking it easy and do some hunting and other stuff than training. But of course, you were able to do a little bit of training there as well. Uh, yeah, for sure. A little bit of training, but uh, not so much. And uh, mostly easy training and uh, not so much intervals. Indeed. But now let's get uh, to the business at hand, which is to recap these two races that you guys just did uh, over the weekend uh, in Italy. So that'll be next for us.
It was a great weekend, of course. Perfect winter conditions. Yesterday was a bit of a cold day, maybe minus 15 or so. Today, maybe 9 or so, a bit of a cloudy overcast today. But let's get started with the uh, Pustedal Ski Marathon. It's, it's an old race that's been around for about 46 years, I think. That was the 46th edition. This one, 60-kilometer race. Uh, let's start from there. And from the beginning, if you go through the race step by step. So it started, I assume, not too fast for you guys? Uh, yeah, but it was a little bit of pace in the beginning. Uh, I think Johannes Eklöv tried with a break or something, and Stian Bay was also happy to join because I think he wanted to go for the sprint points. So, and it started with a smaller loop with uphill, so the first kilometers was actually really hard. And then it was uh, some more easier kilometers to to the sprint point in Tobarsh. What about the cold weather? Did that affect you uh, at all? It wasn't as cold as in United La Diagonela last year when you won, uh, by the way, but still relatively cold. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that didn't affect me. I like when it's cold and uh, I like the, the conditions. And then it was no snow in the tracks and uh, perfect conditions for skiing. And then uh, you guys reached the Nordic Stadium. You just mentioned the uh, the sprint point. Uh, so uh, walk us through there, you know, by the time you got to that point. Yeah, the last kilometers through the sprint was uh, quite fast. I think it was uh, Gerebenko from Russian winter team that uh, set a high pace, the last K through the sprint. And uh, then... Uh, we were going into the uphill up to Kimabanke and uh, yeah, so it was high pace in the beginning and then a little bit easier uh, in the middle part of the uphill and then it was uh, hard again up to, to the climbing point. Speaking of that climb, I mean, it's a long, gradual climb, uh, not like the one that you had today, but still uh, climb uh, nevertheless. Uh, after the, the stadium, after the sprint point, uh, Reshak had a, a bit of a, you know, a shining moment there. He was uh, in a breakaway uh, as well. But uh, what kind of happened there on, on, on the climb? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it, the pace wasn't so high and uh, Reshak got away and no one wanted to yeah, go with him. So it was a little bit easier pace at, uh, at the moment. And then uh, uh, Tor Dasleerdal and Johan Hul from my team put, uh, put the hammer down and did you go really hard up to the the last four case up to the to the climb. What kind of a climb is that, really? I mean, this the, the one uh, that you guys faced yesterday. Uh, it's uh, not the hardest climb because it's uh, so flat. So the the drafting depends a lot, and. Uh, uh, yeah, so you have advantage if you stay behind, and then uh, the last, uh, I think, uh, 500 meters is uh, steeper. So that part, it's just more like a short uh, puncher climb than uh, a long, long one as we had today. But then, of course, towards the end, it gets a bit uh, steeper, and you just mentioned that the speed uh, increased by the time you reached that final stretch before the, yeah. the, the climb point. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Andreas Nygård took the climbing big, so he's a really climber now. 
<laughs> Indeed, except today wasn't really a good day for him, but we'll talk about <laughs> that a little bit, little bit later, yeah. <laughs> later on. But then after the, that, that climb, uh, you turned around a long downhill section, then all the way back to the stadium. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, Johannes Eckler who tried a move on the, on the final part before we were turning around, and he got a small gap. And then uh, some guys uh, took some drink, and then uh, me and uh, Stian and uh, Tord tried to create a gap, but it was uh, so hard to create something because uh, it was so big advantage to come from behind. So after the climb, it was yeah, 15 kilometers of uh, really, really easy skiing down from the mountain down to Tobach, Dobiaco again. Do you think that's uh, well? That's very t- typical of of uh, Topla, you know, uh, uh, races. Also, Topla Cortina. You have that long downhill section towards Cortina, so that's kind of the characteristics of of uh, this particular race location. But generally speaking, do you think that's uh, those type of uh, terrains or those those type of courses are aren't really suitable when you have when the downhill is too long, like <clears throat> that? I, I think if uh... If the climb has been a little bit harder and the pace uh, has been a little bit harder, so it uh, could have been smaller uh, groups of people, then the downhill section would be really fun to watch. But now I think uh, it wasn't so so fun to watch because we were we were such a big group, and uh, yeah, then no one wanted to to keep the high pace but if if we were going a little bit faster in the uphill it uh, would maybe have been uh, smaller groups and uh, more exciting speaking of which you guys had about like 17 skiers in that group uh, towards the end 16 uh, i think maxim bilexanin was uh, then towards the end a little bit behind you guys but still about 17 or so and then the last part from the stadium uh, from that area all the way back to the you know the neither uh, you know the, the finish area uh, and uh, tough curves there at the end just uh, tell us about that a little bit you know the, how that, that kind of worked out yeah uh, it was uh, really important with the good position in the last uh, last kilometers because it was a little bit tricky finish uh, inside the town uh, Villa Bassa and Niederdorf. Uh, so the sp- speed were increasing the last uh, 5Ks through the finish line. And uh, yeah, it was a really fight for position uh, all the way down to the, to the finish. Uh, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, it, it's, it became so quickly. I mean, when I was commentating the race uh, together with Jenny Larson, I mean, the finish line, uh, you know, just happened to be there so quickly that we didn't even, even recognize it. But of course, for you guys, I assume that you checked it out beforehand. So you knew the, the kind of the final curves and you knew where the finish line uh, was located exactly. But, and you mentioned positioning yourself. What was going on there? Because there were so many people together. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were knowing uh, that uh, the last K would be hard and a little bit tricky and uh, a lot of people. So. Uh, I, I st- stayed behind uh, Max the last uh, 1k and uh, uh, yeah, I felt really strong but uh, in the last 100 meters I was really shitty and uh, yeah, my technique wasn't the best one so I lost my balance and uh, yeah, it was 
tight finish, but uh, Max was really strong. That he was, I think, he was in front the last two Ks. So yeah, he was strong. So do you think that was sort of a tactically a smart move to take the the lead, uh, uh, like Max did? Mm, yeah, but I think it. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> obviously it was. And it was well deserved. Yeah, I think he was a little bit tired in the end, but uh, he finished first, so it was a good, good decision for him. And then, what about some of the uh, good, so so to call good sprinters like uh, your teammate Anigord and also Emil Persson? They didn't really succeed that well. Although I heard that Emil had some problems with his pole there uh, at the end, but of course, those were the two we can expecting to do well. But then again, the sprint finish was a little bit different from from a usual or from a typical race. Uh, yes, it was, and I think uh, it uh, when we were going under the road, it was a small, tight tunnel, and uh, yeah, I think um, Andreas and Emil crashed a little bit, and uh, yeah, Emil broke his pole. So yeah, it was tight and tricky finish. So, how was the experience overall, Pustadol Ski Marathon? It's been around, you know, for some time. I think this was the 46th edition uh, classic race, but the atmosphere, the course, the race itself. Yeah, overall, I think it was a really, really nice race, and I like it when it's, uh, yeah, the longer racer, uh, races that's over over two hours of racing time and uh, over 60 kilometers. So, I like it really much, and... Uh, now with the perfect conditions, it was yeah, um, fantastic race. So you would say that it's a good addition to uh, the Visma Ski Classics family. It was kind of a last-minute addition. Uh, yeah, I think it was a really good addition, and I think it's better, better than uh, the original plan. That was a small loop up in Miserina, up in Miserina. So I think uh, this this one was better, better solution. Indeed, and, and a great race, and also a great rate, uh, a race to watch. And the women's race, of course, you didn't have, have time to watch that because uh, you were racing yourself and they were racing behind you, guys. But uh, over there, we uh, saw a little bit of a different uh, um, game as you guys had like 17 skiers together. We only had or, uh, five skiers there uh, towards the end, and then Emilia Fleten and Lina Koskren weren't able to to uh, follow and then Britta Johansson-Nugren was the strongest skier and there was a good return for her uh, she returned uh, you know back to form pretty much and then she was followed by uh, Ida Dalen, Astrid Öyre uh, Slind those were the podium uh, skiers there so that was the women's race uh, going back to your race uh, you were second uh, Max Novak won of course uh, Max's victory was somewhat expected uh, correct, because he's been really strong. I mean, ever since the the summer season, he was so dominant in, in a roller ski racing. So this this was bound to happen. Uh, yeah, I guess so, maybe. But uh, it's something different to go on roller ski and, and on cross-country skiing. But uh, for sure, he was really strong. And now he's wearing the yellow bib. So, yeah, he will be be up there uh, for the champion bib uh, this this season, I guess. Uh, and that'll be speaking of that. Speaking of the champion bib, uh, that 
competition seems to me it's it's very open now. At least at this early stages, at the beginning of the season, uh, it's going to be it's going to be an open game pretty much. As you said, Max Novak is now that you have a good chance. We have Tour Asle and Stian Hurlgaard also performed really well today and yesterday. So, what are you kind of expecting to see in this? You know, in this particular race or the competition? Uh, yeah, uh, it's as you said, really open right now, and uh, I think uh, with the growing classic, it's uh, much more points at those event events. So, uh, I think it will be yeah bigger difference after the Marcelong and Jeserska when we're coming up to Vasalope, we will say. See bigger differences. That is a good point because we have uh, different types of races. We have those Grand Classics. They just mentioned the the four big races starting from uh, from Machalonga in Italy, uh, then Yiseska Beresatka in the Czech Republic, and then of course Vasalopet. And after that, uh, Birkebeiner and uh, those uh, four classic races, you get 300 points if you win. And then regular races with 200 points. And then we have some 100-point uh, pointers as well. Some races with 100 points uh, if you win those races. But uh, going back to Stian a little bit, uh, he's an interesting skier. He's a, certainly no stranger to podium, but still he hasn't won a race. So what could be, I mean, is this just a curse or is it, when is it going to happen, you know, to him? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, now he's uh, 13 or 14 podium places. So he's a really strong skier and I heard that he's has been struggling this autumn with, uh, yeah, not feeling great. And, uh, but now he's, uh, <laughs> he's up there again and uh, looks really strong so i think he 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 will be strong and uh, will be fighting for winning his first race this season and he is very even he's a very solid skier so definitely even if he doesn't have that victory under his belt he's still a great candidate for you know, for winning you know the the overall as well who else do you think at this point? What about uh, your teammate Nigord and Emil Parson? Not the perfect weekend for those two, but they still, still out there behind you guys. Yeah, they're still up there, and I guess it will be yeah the usual guys uh, that's up there. Tord and uh, Nigord, uh, maybe also Vuka, but uh, he had a little bit harder harder races this weekend but I guess he will be strong in the upcoming races so do you know what was going on with him because that was something that we uh, we wondered Jenny and I uh, uh, while commentating the race because certainly this weekend wasn't something that he expected it was so strong uh, in Usha so have you heard anything about Ermil Vokuev what's going on no, with him no I don't know uh, maybe it looks like he hasn't the best skis yesterday but uh, it was three other Russians that had good skis, so I don't know. That is a bit of a mystery to 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 us all. But then again, Russian winter team uh, was really strong. Uh, this particularly in, in in the men's field this weekend and even today, Shemiakin was high up there. He was fourth in today's race and pushing really really hard there. Uh, was that somewhat expected? You know, did you expect that Russian winter team will be high up there? 
they are a bunch of strong guys and uh, they've been up there before and uh, I think Chemiakin has a podium place for from uh, La Degonella for was it two or three years ago so he's he's really strong and uh, they have a really strong team and then today's race it was something that you guys haven't done before first of all two races back to back well that's something that you have done before there uh, that was introduced uh, last season when you had two races uh, back to back in Wallerdal and uh, but now you had yesterday's race 60 kilometers tough race close to three hours two hours and 37 minutes or so uh, for you guys uh, the podium skiers and then today's race 32 kilometers but a really a long long climb uh, to begin with, first of all, the idea. I mean, I think you were thrilled about the idea of having two races and having something like this, you know, tough climb. Yeah, I think uh, it was really good and I liked uh, today's race uh, when it was a little bit uh, 50-50. If uh, it was kickwax or double pulling, that was the best because the, the final uphill was... Uh, so steep and uh, so long also, but uh, in the end it looks like uh, uh, double pulling was the, the fastest. Did you consider kick wax or di- uh, diagonal striding at all? No, my diagonal is uh, really bad, so uh, I thought uh, that uh, double pulling was my only option today. But some skiers did, you know. Uh, uh, choose that and they like you and her for example and some other skiers more skiers in the in, in the women's competition of course but there were some uh, in the men's ones as well but they didn't really manage uh, to do that well um, it was the, the the climb i assume wasn't really steep enough for a uh, diagonal striding uh yeah yeah i think it was uh Johan Kasper Stados and Willy uh, Shannon in the in the front group that uh, used kickwacks but uh, I think, yeah, in the beginning, I think it was uh, a little bit hard, and uh, the first uh, the first part of the uphill was a little bit hard and a little bit icy, so maybe not uh, the easiest to get uh, grip. But uh, then it was uh, it was so good conditions with uh, uh, hard uh, snow and. Uh, yeah, it was so, such a high speed, so it was uh, good for double pulling. If it had come some snow, I think it would have been better with diagonal. So no problems with the poles either, that you know that the surface was hot enough uh, for double pulling on the hill? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, perfect conditions in the uphill, so uh, really nice, uh, nice race and uh, nice track. But before the uphill, it seemed to me that you guys kept up a relatively high pace uh, from, well, not right from the beginning, because, again, you had a, something that you haven't experienced before. Is this kind of kilometer zero type of start where you go really slow behind the scooter, the snowmobile, uh, after which you were able to able to start your race? That must have been a little bit different for you guys. I mean, I saw you guys chatting there, joking around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's a good solution, and uh, I've done it in some roller ski racing, uh, the start procedure. So I think it was, uh, yeah, it's good and uh, nice way to start the the race. And then uh, uh, because of that, we had uh, two guys with kickwacks. Uh, both me and Andreas uh, didn't want to set a high pace in the in the earlier and flatter part of the race. So it was up to the other teams. 
Indeed, and the, the pace was uh, really high. And then the sprint, of course, that took place uh, by the uh, by the lake, Lago di Doppiago. Uh, anything you want to say about that um, particular point? No, I think it was uh, yeah, a good sprint, and uh, it was. Uh, I think it was Ermel who beat Tianberg. Uh, so th- they uh, they were going hard, and uh, I think uh, for the last points. Uh, it was uh, yeah only me and uh, maybe Emil Persson and uh, yeah Rune Skogmatisen took some points for the team competition. And at that point, you know, it looked pretty uh, promising, you know, for Ermil uh, as he was the fastest there. But of course, then as we know, uh, that wasn't the, really the case for him. After the sprint, you guys started to climb. That's it, kind of the same course that you had uh, uh, yesterday, uh, Cratchall climb. And anything there before you hit that really the steep part, the actual climb? No, uh, for me, I was just taking it easy. I stayed in the back of the group and then I tried to take a good position into the final climb. And then when that happened, when you uh, finally uh, reached that point and started started climbing, how did you feel? Uh, I was feeling really good, actually, and uh, better than expected. Because I was really tired after the race yesterday when I woke up today. But uh, when the race started today, I was feeling good. And uh, when we were going into the uphill, I was uh, yeah, I tried to to be in the front, and I took the first place into the uphill, so I could set my my own pace and don't go too hard. And uh, yeah, so I was feeling really good in the beginning. But then, of course, it got a bit harder uh, as the, the pace was uh, really high there. You were struggling a bit uh, at some point. I saw that you were able to catch up with the, uh, you know, the breakaway group. But then again, right after that, I guess you could sort of run out of a power a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think I was the last guy who, um, who dropped from the leading pack. And uh, it was actually Chemiakin who were going really hard on the try to make a move up there uh, and then it was a little bit of headwind so I tried to yeah do a shorter sprint and close the gap but uh, after that I was uh, yeah it wasn't uh, so much easier when I was uh, in in the back of the others it was hard uh, either way you just mentioned Shemiaking uh, uh, were you surprised that he was so strong on this hill and uh, no, no, I'm not surprised. He's uh, he's a really strong guy, and uh, he's uh, as always looking strong in the uphills and uh, when he has good skis. And then, of course, uh, Johannes Eklev's really amazing sprint. By that time, you were a little bit behind, but of course, you heard about it. Uh, maybe even saw uh, that because he went not not that far behind. That was amazing. I mean, he was able to somehow conjure up that. That speed. Uh, that was really impressive, and I saw it on the television afterwards. And uh, he was ru- looking uh, really strong, and uh, he obviously had uh, a lot of power left. So, well deserved uh, victory after uh, that attack. And he said, you know, after the race uh, in the interview, that he would love to see more of these type of races. Do you think that these? let's call them mountain challenges, uh, should be included uh, in the calendar? Um, yeah, I think uh, a race like this is uh, it's nice, but uh, don't have too much of them. But 
one per season. I think it's uh, good because uh, it uh, it makes uh, it makes it more interesting and uh, uh, yeah, more guys can win race and uh, the different abilities will uh, will be more important than maybe a sprint finish. So yeah, I think it's uh, nice to have like maybe one or two races like this. But now we have one, and then we have. Grace Delepe was also really mountain climbing hilly race, so yeah, I think it's enough. Do you think that the distance was okay? 32k should be longer, shorter if there's a mountain like this or climb like this. No, I think trail uh, it was a good uh, good length, and uh, I think uh, we had like uh, just over one and a half hour. One hour and forty minutes or something like that. So I think that's uh, that's good. That's uh, that's um yeah long distance race. That's not uh, if it, if it's ten k's. It's just uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's uh, that we are training for. But today was uh, was a good uh, good distance. And also you had a race before and a day before. So altogether, that's uh, over 90 kilometers of racing uh, over one weekend. So I think that's that's a pretty hefty hefty challenge there. Uh, speaking of this, uh, I know that uh, Torasi Yedalen, uh, who uh, finished on the podium today, it was third. Uh, he's been a sort of an avid advocate, you know, for uh, races or races that end uh, like this, you know, like Machalonga, for example, with a tough climb, uh what do you think is it do we, should we have more of those type of races maybe then that we have something special in these races yeah but uh, i think that's only because he think it suits him uh and if it suits him it's good for him so i think it's good to have different different type of races like uh yesterday with a tight finish and flat finish into the town of uh, villabasa and uh, then we have Marcelonga and uh, also La Diagonella with the uphill, uphill finish, uh, like a small kick in the end. And uh, today we had a really mountain finish. So I think it's good, uh, good to have different type of finishes. Indeed. And going back to the, today's race, so the podium skiers, we talked about uh, the, the winner, uh, they're amazing, really amazing. Uh, sprint from Johannes uh, and then uh, Stian Hölgard once again on the podium and uh, the aforementioned Thorasse Jedalen pretty much. Uh, well, of course, uh, Johannes probably a bit of a surprise name there, but Stian once again on the podium and uh, Thorasse. But right behind them, uh, you were seventh in today's race, Martin Junser Sundbu there. Uh, what would you like to say? I mean, the skiers right behind uh the podium. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, there was the five guys in the front with uh, Johannes, Dian, and Tord, and then after them it was Shimiakin uh, and uh, Max Novak with the yellow bib, and uh, after that it was me and uh, Sunby who had a sprint in the end, and uh, yeah, after that it's the usual suspects uh, between ten and twenty place. So if you look at that, you know, the result list, who would you pick as a kind of the, well, of, of, of course, we know the, the surprise or the, you know, the, uh, the skiers that performed well, but who could be the ones that you are a bit surprised that didn't do that well? 
over the weekend, not just today, but over the weekend, maybe? Hmm, that's a hard question. I haven't uh, seen all of the results, but uh, maybe Chris Jespersen, because I think he has been really strong when he has been training. But uh, I think he DNF'd yesterday, and uh, I didn't saw him uh, up there today either. So I think it's uh, maybe a shitty weekend for him. Indeed, you know, we saw a little bit of him on on, on a TV, uh, you know, cameras, but n- not much. And we talked about Ermil Vokuev, of course, probably the, one of those names that underperformed. Then what about your team? When going to your team and your team's performance, uh, you were the best in both days. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, uh, yesterday we had a really strong team effort with, uh, yeah, was in second place and Kasper in fourth. Nygård in fifth and uh, uh, Johan in seventh and Anniken in eighth. So I think it was a really good uh, team effort yesterday. And uh, today wasn't like yeah the usual ski marathon. So I think it's hard to judge uh, judge the results from today. But you still have uh, confidence and high hopes for your other team members, or is it going to be you? You know, fighting for the yellow. <laughs> no, I think all of them are strong. Casper, uh, I think he's currently in third position in yellow bib, and uh, we all know uh, how strong Andreas is when he's at his best. So, yeah, I think uh, we are a strong team, and uh, a lot of us guys can be fighting up there. And then in Marcelona, we also have uh, Karsten Johaug and uh, the grand old man on the Shoutland, and also Jortele. So, we will have a strong team. Indeed, you will. And in today's race, the women's side, once again, you weren't able to really uh, put your focus on, on that particular ones as they raced behind you. They uh, started uh, 35 minutes before you guys. Uh, but very much like the day before, we saw those five skiers, but quite early on, Brita uh, Johansson Nukren wasn't able to follow. Uh, and uh, then also Lina, Lina Koskren, who then got really tired towards the end. And Sophie Elebru was able to pass her uh, and took her best result by being fifth in the race. And then, of course, the victory went to a team Ramut and Ida Dahl. So uh, much like uh, uh, Johannes Eklöf, uh, that was the first time victory for her, uh, then followed by... Uh, then uh, Astrid Ödes Lind, uh, who was the only uh, Douglas Strider uh, in the top, you know, group uh, in the women's uh, competition, and then Emilia Fletten was there uh, third, and uh, as I said, Britta Johansson Nugren uh, fourth, and then uh, Sophia Lebru fifth, and then uh, Lina Koskren uh, fifth. Uh, speaking of that, um, Lena Koskren is a reigning champion. What do you think about her chances? I mean, it it wasn't really a good weekend for her, but we know that she's she's been recovering, still kind of recovering from a uh, kind of extensive uh, flu that she uh, uh, had to face over the you know the holiday break. What do you think about her chances? Yeah, uh, I think uh, she has good chances to to be up there in the end because uh, now, yeah, she was a little bit sick, what I heard, and. Uh, uh, now it's getting, uh, yeah, I think she will get better and better. But uh, I'm super impressed about the Ida Dahl and her performance this weekend. So when you look at that, you know, who's your f- pick? Who's your favorite uh, to root for, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the f- women's field? Um, I don't know. I think it will be very tight uh, with the 
all of the top five uh, girls with uh, Emilie, Astri, Ida, Britta and uh, also Lina. I think uh, they are all really strong and uh, I think uh, the um, yeah the shape uh, for the upcoming races will yeah be the the thing that uh, <laughs> that sets the the results in the yellow bib in the end. And it'll be really interesting and, and, and thrilling to see that fight. And as you mentioned, we have so many different types of races, so uh, which will then suit uh, certain type of skiers, and they all have their own strengths and weaknesses as well. And speaking of the upcoming races, uh, now we have four stages behind us, the Usha weekend in Sweden, and then this really exciting one. Now you guys going to Livigno, uh, your sort of a favorite place to prepare. Uh, for the upcoming races, uh, the next one, Regenserennen, there are some changes there, and then La Diagonela, and then, of course, the first Grand Classics event, Marchalonga. This month first, how are you approaching these three races that are coming up? Yeah, I'm really disappointed about uh, the next race, the individual time trial with uh, nine and a half kilometers slightly uphill. I think it's a shitty race, and... Uh, uh, it's not not what I wanted to race. I'm training for the marathons and the long distance races. So going from uh, 75 kilometers to nine is uh, yeah, not uh, not the best uh, best race for me, I think. But uh, I think the race can suit me because I think I'm yeah quite good in uh, in that type of race. But uh, that's not what I want to race. But then, of course, after that, you have La Diagonela, you know, La Diagonela there. You won the race. That's got to be a, one of your favorites, maybe the, the favorite race. Yes, it is. And uh, I really like the race. Um, but now I think it's a little bit shorter. But uh, I think it will be, be a good race uh, either way. And uh, I like the, the uphill finish into Sus. And then, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to to do the first uh, Grand Classic event with Marcelona. Speaking of which, what are you expecting uh, from that race? It seems to me that that is definitely uh, high up and in everyone's uh, uh, calendar, everyone's list. Uh, even Yedalen said that he's putting his focus on that race and uh, like many other skiers, that'll be kind of the first of the of the big ones. But what are you expecting from that race? Uh, once again, of course, we don't know the conditions yet, but... It'll be a tough race. Yeah, yeah, for sure it will be. Uh, right now, it's hard to to know how the race will uh, will be and the condition, as you said. Uh, but I think it will be as usual uh, the the final climb up to the Cascata Hill and up to uh, Cavalese, who will decide uh, who's the winner. And then after that race, you have a bit of a break, not much though, I mean, about two weeks or so, and uh, then you have Yiseska uh, Satka, another Grand Classics uh, event. What do you want to say about that particular race? You you were a bit unlucky la- last uh, season. You fell down just before the finish. Yeah, uh, last year I fell and lost, uh, yeah, I also lost all my chance to the, to the Yellow Bib because I was uh, losing like 200 points or something to to Emil, yes, because I, that I fell. But I think the point system is much better this year. So I'm really like uh, like the the Jeserska Parasatka and the race uh, in Czechia. And then after that, you have 
a new race or actually a returning race. You have Tartu Ski Marathon. It's a great race, 63-kilometer race in Estonia. Really a nice undulating uh, rolling terrain, uh, assuming that the conditions uh, will allow a race there. Uh, your expectations for that particular edition, new edition? Yeah, I'm looking forward for, uh, for that race. And uh, it sounds like a nice race and uh, it has a great history also. So I think it's, yeah, it, it will be a, a nice race. What about that? That's about two weeks before Vasalopet. So in the past, you quite often have had a, a bit of a longer break to prepare for Vasalopet. Do you think this is a kind of a good schedule there that you have two week break between Machalonga and Yiseska, then two races back to back and again two weeks before uh, Vasalopet. Uh yeah, I like the the plan and the yeah the season plan for uh, for this year and uh, I think it's uh, yeah, it's perfect um, yeah the, with the races and have one resting week uh, the week before Vasalopet and yeah I think it's good and uh, you have time to do some training during uh, during the last uh, month to Vasalopet. And then of course Vasalopet is what it is. It is the king of the ski races. It's the 90 kilometer race with a with a long history. Actually 100th uh, 100th year uh, anniversary uh, is this year and they have this special race taking place uh, Summer, like in the middle of February, I think, where like 139 skiers get to do the uh, the course using the you know the equipment from the you know the uh, from 1922, I think you know the the, the first year when the race um, took place. Uh, Vasalopet, of course. I mean, what do you think? Is that a race that really suits you? Suits you? Uh, yeah, I think it can suit me, but. The... It's uh, like every other race. It suits uh, it suits the athletes with good shape and good skis. <laughs> Indeed, it, it does, and it's. Uh, but then after that, you have a break again, and then the latter part of the season, uh, tough races back to back, starting from Birkebeiner Rennet, uh, and then Orefes Lopet, that hundred kilometer race, Reistelöpe, and Ullaslevi. What about that patch there? You know, like so many tough races back to back. Yeah, it's a really hard uh, period and uh, a hard ending of the season. But uh, I think it's a good end and uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of really nice races. With uh, often it's uh, good uh, good weather and uh, longer days and sunny days at that time of the year. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, that's far far in the future, but. Uh... Now you guys going to live in you, you're preparing for the upcoming ones, but kind of thinking about the overall season, what are the key things that you as an athlete need to uh, keep in mind or uh, put your focus on in terms of training and, and uh, kind of the elements that are needed to be the yellow bib? Uh, I think it's uh, <laughs> the most important is to stay healthy and uh, competitive and uh, uh, yeah, we'll be able to stay at start at every race with good shape that's that's really important if you want to to fight for the yellow bib indeed that is a key thing to stay healthy uh, and uh, perform very evenly i guess i mean every point counts uh, when it's a tight fight yeah yeah for sure that's really important 
So then finally, uh, before I'll go through the current standings and now going back to this weekend, sort of your overall, now when you're sitting in a car, uh, kind of relaxing, recovering from, uh, from these two races, uh, what would you like to say uh, about this weekend and these two races overall? In general, mm, yeah, for me it was uh, better than expected because I, uh, as I said, I haven't been feeling the best last uh, month. So um, for me it was good, and uh, uh, as a competition, I also think it was good with Pustertaler, uh, who was a 200 points event, and uh, today as a uh, Prato di Piazza. Uh, race was 100 points event so I think it was a, a good weekend with uh, real nice races and uh, perfect conditions for cross-country skiing Indeed and when we look at the current standings and you just mentioned the uh, the pointers there, you know, this today's race was a 100 pointer and yesterday 200 uh, race with 200 points for, uh, for the winners, so champion competition uh, right now the men's category, Max Novak, is in the lead. He has 408 points, and you are second, 385. I mean, there's a tight fight there, and then Stian Hölgard is third, 340. I mean, really tight fight, you know. Uh, and then Gasper Stad as your teammate, 335 points. I mean, extremely tight there. Yes, yeah, it is. Uh, it is tight, and I guess it will be. It will be so the next uh, four or five races, and after that, I think we can see more, uh, yeah, how it uh, it will end and uh, which of the athletes who are fighting for it all the way to the to Illesleve. Indeed, and then Mortenere Pedersen is fifth, and Emil Persson sixth. Uh, Duras Ejedalen, who was on the podium today, seventh. Uh, then uh, today's winner, Johannes Eklöf, eighth, and Martin Junstrud Sundbut. Uh, ninth and Alexei Shemyakin, who was fourth today, is tenth. That's the standings uh, in the uh, champion competition, the men's category, and then when we move on to the women, so Perita Johansson Nugren is in the lead. There's also a tight fight there. Ida Dahl uh, is only about, uh, well, actually 20, just exactly 20 points behind. And then Astridis Lind uh, is about uh, 74 points behind. There's a tight fight there as well. I mean, it's uh, anything you want to say about these? Uh, well, then Lina is also kind of close, uh, 365. Anything you want to say about these uh, skiers there? Yeah, I think it will be really exciting to see, and uh, I think maybe some of them don't have a challenger event yet. So, yeah, maybe some of them can catch up and uh, take some easy points back to the others. Good point, good point. And then Emilia Fleten is their fifth, and only one point behind uh, Lena Kroskren. So it seems to to me right now that these five are the ones fighting for the yellow bib. It's still an open game uh, for these ladies. And then Sophie Elebru is sixth, uh, today's fifth. Uh, Lin Sönskar uh, seventh, Evelina Sedling eighth, Olga Tsareva ninth, and Laila Kveli tenth. So that's uh, the champion competition. And then if we move on to uh, the youth Competition and it's really interesting to see that uh, our uh, current uh, race winners are up there. Ida Dahl is number one, uh, of course, and then Ida Palmberry, uh, teammate, uh, second, and Julia Angelche is their third uh, in the youth competition. 
the women's side and then the men's youth competition we have Max Novak who's also the yellow bib holder at the moment and Herman Paus who had a really a great race today as well uh, uh, second and then Axel Jutteström third so that's the youth competition moving on to sprint uh, which is then led by Stian Berg and then Ermil Vokuev, tight fight there, only five points. Emil Parson third. And then when we look at the women's competition there, uh, it is again Britta Johansson, no grand, leading that game over to uh, Emilia Flett and Alina Kosgren. She has a 21-point lead there. So that's the sprint competition. And then climb and pro team are the uh, two categories left. And the climb here, Asteroides Lind, uh, number one, Ida Dahl, second, really tight fight. There are only two points separating those two. And then Britta Johansson, no grand, third. And as Oscar mentioned, uh, the when we go to the uh, uh, the men's side, uh, Andreas Nigor is third there. Uh, he was wearing the bib today in, in today's race. Uh, Max Novak is second. And today's winner, Johannes Ekloth, is number one there. He's leading the, the climb competition. And then, of course, pro team competition, which is always really exciting. That's Team Ramutten, uh, number one, but only 20 points ahead of Lager 157 ski team. And then Team Kuteng Edison. And Team Erect the Charge, uh, fourth together, tied with the Russian winter team. They're 20 points behind uh, Team Kuteng Edison. So, Oscar, what do you want to say about that? You know, when you um, think about the uh, your team, you fourth, tied with Russian winter team. Do you still think you have, guys have a chance to, to win the pro team competition? Uh, yeah, it's tight now, but uh, um, I don't know. I think it's hard if we don't have two girls on the start in every race. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't know how, uh, if it's possible. Indeed, that is a good point. You, you need strong female skiers there as well. But uh, uh, those are the standings as we speak before we get to the uh, the next race, which is the Regense Rennen, as Oscar just uh, told us about. There will, there will be some changes there. It's not going to be that 75-kilometer race uh, as expected. It will be an individual uh, race up on a hill. So, um, final words, uh, Oscar, before I let you go. I know you still have a long <laughs> ride or drive before you reach uh, Livigno. But uh, now, since the new season has started, new year has started, um, any uh, words of wisdom before I let you go? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, train hard and uh, go hard. That's good and very snappy. Thank you very much, uh, Oscar, and good luck. And I think we'll see you fighting, fighting tooth and nail, you know, for uh, not just for the uh, the victories, but also for the over overall, the yellow jersey, the yellow bib, the champion competition. Arrivederci. Thank you very much, and thank you guys joining us. And stay tuned for more races, uh, more podcasts uh, to come. And of course, as Oscar said, just keep training hard, uh, enjoy the winter, and just stay healthy. For now, bye-bye, and see you guys soon. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.